Number one, view yourself more accurately. Number two, decide what you're going to do differently and set a new intention. The path you take the most is who you become, and the path for a lot of us wasn't chosen by us. Welcome to Next Level University. I am your host, Kevin Palmieri. And I am your host, Alan Lazarus. At Next Level University, we believe in a heart-driven, but no BS approach to holistic self-improvement for entrepreneurs. We bring you seven episodes a week, six of which are solo episodes with Kevin and myself, and one world-class guest to help you level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. Self-improvement in your pocket every day from anywhere for free. Welcome to Next Level University. If perception of self is tied to success and we have a negative perception, how can we flip that script? You know, I my thing with this is you have to understand where your perception of self and self-worth actually comes from. Most likely it came from one of your parents, both of your parents, one of your siblings, an experience that you had early on in life. I point back to the reason I for a while don't think I believed in myself is because I was the star baseball player. I was up to the plate with the opportunity to win the game. I struck out on three pitches right down the uh, middle looking, cried, and then convinced myself I wasn't good at baseball and I couldn't perform under pressure. So you probably had some sort of event and or relationship that made you think the way you think. And again, it goes both ways. There are some people out there whose upbringing maybe sheltered them and said, hey, you're the best. You're the best in the world at this. You can do anything you want. Those people are probably high achievers and they believe they can do anything they want. And it's because they had that in their childhood and that made them who they are today. So check in with where were you raised? How were you raised? Who were you raised by? And how did that affect you now? When you spend time with a group like us, when you come on the team, all we do is we brainwash you in the better way. And I'm not saying we actually brainwash you, but when you're surrounded by people who believe positive things and believe in you, you're bound to believe in yourself, vice versa. When you're around people who don't believe in you, you're not going to believe in yourself either. I'm going to answer this question in an interesting way. When Kevin and I first met, Kevin didn't believe in himself. True. I believed in Kevin. Who was right? See, you're just not thinking accurately. No one, no one is, almost no one is thinking accurately about themselves and, and, and it's important to think more accurately. So for example, if Kevin said, no, I can't be successful. And I said, yes, you can. Who was right? It, time always tells the truth. And if you don't believe in yourself and you don't believe you're valuable, you're not correct. It's not accurate. It's not based on what's possible. It's based on what has been up to this point. And there are other people on the other end of that that think the world of themselves, but it's also not based on reality. It's based on this, this basically delusional self-belief that isn't based in actual merit. Because until you actually try writing a book, you can tell yourself, I'm a great author all you want, but until you actually write a book and then compare it to a great author, it's going to be a lot of humble pie. But for those who ask, the person who asked this question, most likely your belief about yourself, all of us, our beliefs about ourselves are kind of made up. They're kind of made up. Um, they're based on evidence, but it's very cherry-picked evidence. So everyone right now, think about 
something that you are truly did a great job at, something you did a magnificent job at. All right. Once you think of that thing, that just focusing on that thing is going to make you more confident. All right, now think about something that you're, you're, you did terribly at. Think of a really embarrassing moment. We all have those recurring embarrassing moments. Think about that. All right, that makes you feel bad about yourself. All it is is what you're focusing on. And I know you said lightning round, so I'll stop. But what you're focusing on, you're feeling, and what you're feeling, you're choosing a belief based on that. And it's all based, it's all kind of made up. You just have to reallocate your focus to the more accurate data. The path you take the most is who you become. And the path for a lot of us wasn't chosen by us. That's what I, that's that simple. If you keep doing the same thing, you're going to think you're that person. If you switch it and do it long enough, you'll become that type of person too. Next name. Once you recognize your blind spots, how are you able to shift your identity to the new awareness? Once you recognize your blind spots, how are you able to shift your identity to the new awareness? You have to understand the implications of the blind spot. Uh, for example, recently I figured out that my mind draws conclusions based on mathematical projections, and I, I usually state the conclusion without taking people to how I got there. And so a lot of the things that I'll say appear arrogant when they don't really realize that it's an actual calculation. Um, that's a big blind spot for me. So the real blind spot is that I'm assuming other people are doing that. And I'm assuming that they understand when I say something that it's actually based on a calculation, not just, just on a whim. And so it, it appears arrogant. So the original question was, how do I, what do I do once I figure out that blind spot? Now I have to change my perception and or my behavior. So one of the things that I'm starting to work on, and that's why this has been so challenging for me, is instead of stating something, and just drawing conclusions and then telling people how I got there, I'm trying to bring people along that journey a little bit more. I'm trying to teach people how to fish a little bit more. And so you have to have, that's a behavior change. But the perception change is you have to view yourself differently based on the blind spot. So another example of this is now I, I view myself differently in terms of my mathematical statistical probability acumen in comparison to the statistical norm. So now I can remember what people might not know, then I can teach it so that they actually get it and I don't just leave the room thinking that they learned when really they were just nodding their head. So you have to, number one, change your perception of self based on the new awareness of the blind spot. View yourself more accurately. Number one, view yourself more accurately. Number two, decide what you're going to do differently and set a new intention. My new intention is to, to bring people to the conclusions through story and evidence rather than just stating things. When I think it's, it's basically what Alan said. I'll just, I'll tell a, a little bit of a different story. When I was in sales, I was in sales early in my life. I was a personal trainer. And when I signed up as a personal trainer, I had to sign a contract that said, I will stay here for at least a year or I will pay $1,000 to get out of my contract. And I realized very quickly that I did not like this place and I did not like the way they wanted me to sell. I left that job. I wrote a $1,000 check to leave that job. And I, for the next five, six, seven years, however long it was, convinced myself that I didn't like sales. Alan and I got into this business. We grew the business. I've been on a ton of sales calls. and 
when that identity changed from I do not like sales because it's negative to I love sales because I'm helping people, that became my new identity. I started making 1% improvements, 1% shifts, 1% behavior changes. And now when I go to the bookstore, I go to the sales, I go to the entrepreneur, I go to the business. So when you get a blind spot illuminated, you have to prove to yourself that that blind spot was wrong with a 1% improvement, and then your behaviors will start to mirror that. And if you can focus on minor, minor, minor adjustments, it's not going to happen overnight. I bought a book and I wouldn't have done that a couple of years ago. So that's sometimes the behavior change takes a while. Hi, my name's John Larito, and I just wanted to uh, give a big shout out to Kevin Palmieri. I had uh, reached out to him. He had been referred to me when I had shared with a friend of mine some interest in uh, doing a podcast. And he said, you've got to use Kevin. He's fantastic. He's the best around. He'll get you started and off the ground and, and uh, soaring high in no time. And take it from somebody who knows nothing about podcasting other than maybe saying a few things. But as far as behind the scenes, the startup, everything I knew nothing. Uh, Kevin was phenomenal in terms of leading me through the whole process and not just easy to work with, but really, really knows his stuff. A great combination between leading me through all the stuff I had no idea what I was doing, but also really listening to me and understanding what it was I was trying to accomplish and what my vision is. So whether you're looking for somebody to, to help you and get you started or somebody as I've done where I'm putting it entirely in his hands because I've got total trust and confidence in him and he is a true pro and easy to work with. Any of those ends of the spectrum, you're gonna have a lot of success and a lot of fun working with Kevin. Trust me, thanks. How can I get my partner to speak her truth about my blind spots if I'm scared that she is going to hurt my feelings? Oh my goodness gracious. Understand that she's going to hurt your feelings most likely, but it's not personal and you will feel better after. You'll feel better after. You know what really hurts? When you get, I used to work with metal, metal shards. When you're drilling something, you get a lot of metal shards. And you ever get one of those metal shards stuck in your finger? It hurts bad, badly. Like one of those pains that sends shivers through your whole body. One of those. And it hurts and it sucks and it's painful. And when you pull it out, it hurts and it sucks and it's painful. But the second you pull it out, that feeling goes away. I believe that Difficult conversations are just like that. They're very uncomfortable and sometimes you feel like you're walking right into the storm. But sometimes you have to walk into the storm and every time you walk into the storm, it gets a little bit easier. And your partner will get better at diffi uh, get better at communicating difficult truths as you practice it. So understand the first time is going to be difficult, but the point of the difficult conversations is not to make somebody wrong. You're on the same team. It's for you to get closer. It's for you to grow. And if you believe that person has your best interests at heart, they're not going to tell you something to hurt you. They're going to tell you something to help you get better. And as Tori Aletto so eloquently put it, the point of a relationship, the goal of a relationship is growth and growth requires truth. And sometimes under truth is conflict. My answer to this is, is, You've got to give constant reassurance. If you want the other person to tell you the truth, you need to reassure them. I do this with Kevin often. I do this with Emilia often. Amy, I did this with you after our last live last week. I'm like, we're good. We're going to be totally fine. Don't worry. Our relationship's going to be fine. Tell me the truth of what you really think. So if you give someone the reassurance they need that this is not going to hurt the relationship, but rather it's going to help it, that will help the other person be more honest. 
and it will provide the psychological safety necessary to tell the truth. And that doesn't mean it won't be hard to hear. It just means like, we're going to be good. I'm asking for this feedback. It'd be different if you were just giving it to give it. But if you're asking for feedback, give the other person the reassurance they need uh, to, to be honest with you. If you ask someone about one of your blind spots and you don't agree with what they say, does that mean that the blind spot is something bigger to address? That's possible. I appreciate the self-awareness in that question. If it triggers you, most likely there's something to learn. Uh, <laughs> if it if it has a, a bigger reaction emotionally than you would have expected, most likely there's something underneath that. There's some form of a protector. So I'll go really quick about this because I know we got to go. We all have these protectors that come up whenever we are afraid to be seen or we're, we're triggered from our deepest fear. And usually these protectors actually worked to protect us from trauma early on in life. So if something as a kid was super traumatic and you had a protector come up and it stopped you from having to face the reality of what's going on and now every single time, one example of this just to bring this down to earth, if you got laughed at in class for asking a dumb question, you probably have a protector come up every time you're supposed to ask a question or could ask a question. And then immediately you're like, well, maybe I won't ask that question because it might be a dumb question. I don't want to be dumb. I don't want to be seen as dumb, right? The protector comes up and protects you. Don't even ask the question. You're going to be socially ostracized if you ask a question. None of it's real. None of it's true. It's just as a kid that was super traumatic and it, it's carried into adulthood. So if you get really triggered by feedback, or a blind spot, usually there's something deep to learn inside of that. And usually there's some deep protector that that maybe isn't serving you anymore. Yeah, or they could be completely off and maybe it isn't true. Maybe they, this is another thing too. You, you have to be careful at the feedback you're getting from people because sometimes somebody who's insecure will give you feedback that just isn't true because they want you to be a certain way. But I second Alan's point, I think that's the answer for sure, is understand what, your, what is your reaction when you get feedback? I remember Alan and I were in Florida. I remember we did a podcast and at the end of the podcast, this was brutal. I was like, Alan, you swore a lot, way more than you needed to and way more than you ever have. And Alan was like, Kev, I didn't. Like, you're just being insecure and I didn't. And we both cried and then we went to yoga together <laughs> and then we listened back and it was, I was more right than Alan. Now, it doesn't mean I was 100% right. I was insecure for sure. But now I know when Alan egos up and Alan knows when he egos up, that tends to be because the feedback is there. Same with me. When Alan says something and I go, dude, that's dumb. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's not true. Oftentimes it is true, unfortunately. <laughs> and you just have to get, like Alan said, you have to get familiar with your protector, get familiar with the triggers because when you do, you might still get triggered. The protector might come up, but you can take a step back and say, oh, you know what? Yep. Yeah, you're right about that. That is true. And then you can make a more effective decision moving forward. All right. Lightning round for real this time. Oh, yeah. How do you know who to trust when you receive blind spot advice? Should it be somebody that you solicit it from or should it be unsolicited? See, I think this is really hard because 
somebody's advice is also based on the level of understanding they have for their own blind spots. So number one, make sure it's somebody who you know has your best interest at heart. They don't have anything to win by making you go down a level. And it's somebody that you can be vulnerable with and you have a deep connected relationship with. Those are my three, I don't want to say requirements, but three pieces. Strong work. Mine is mine only addition to that lightning round. Do not ask for advice from anyone unless you are very certain that they have higher awareness than you do in a given arena. I've made the mistake of asking for speaking advice from people who have never spoken. Now, while some of that feedback can be good, it's also dangerous because if you draw the wrong conclusions based on the wrong data, it can really mess with you. So if you're going to ask for blind spots from someone, make sure the blind spot they give you is in an arena that you know is an arena they have very high awareness in, preferably higher awareness than you. And I want everyone out there to outgrow their coaches and outgrow their mentors. There are mentors that I would never ask again. What I And now I realize in hindsight that even me back then was more aware than them then. You don't always know that. You know, you can only connect the dots looking backward rather than forward. But that's my key is try to ask for advice from people who you know are more aware in a given arena. Coaches, mentors, and keep learning too. As you learn, books are oftentimes things that highlight blind spots for you. Anything that you're learning that raises your awareness also raises your awareness to blind spots. Next Level Nation, join us for our next live virtual meetup February 3rd at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. What is it? Financial abundance? What are we talking about? Financial freedom? Financial abundance. I love that. Also, if you are looking to find some blind spots in terms of your level of next levelness, we have a free course. If you're listening to the repurpose, not bad, Amy, right? If you're listening to the repurpose, it'll be in the show notes below. If you're listening to this live, you can reach out to Alan and or myself, and maybe we can put it in the description below. Totally free. Totally free. Thank you so much for listening. And please join us. We have a registration link for that virtual meetup. The last one had, I think, 14 people at it. And it's very, very, it's a great way to meet the community. So if you're out there and you're listening or viewing this and you feel like you're not a part of the community, we really, really encourage you to join these because you're going to get to know other people that are on this journey of looking at blind spots and constantly reassessing and remastering and relearning themselves and into growth and personal development. So I know this can feel really lonely. This is not an easy road. Um, The community will help tremendously. And we just, I'm telling you, we're going to be the podcast that gives away the most value for free. That is... That is what we're doing in 2022 and for beyond. I think we already are. Next Level Nation, as always, we love you, appreciate you, grateful for each and every one of you. And at Next Level You, we do not have fans. We have family. We will talk to you all tomorrow. Everybody say bye. Please reach out. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. We love connecting with the Next Level family, so make sure you follow us on Instagram. I am at NeverQuitKid, and Alan is at ALazarus88. Also, if you found value in this episode, leave us a review using the link in the show notes, and please share this with someone who's ready to get to the next level. We will talk to you tomorrow.